Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Hey, welcome back to Growing in Grace. I'm Victor Morrison. I have the joy of uh, serving as the senior pastor of First Baptist Church in Columbus, Texas. We'd love to see you sometime if you're ever passing this way. Hey, you know, we're getting awfully close to Thanksgiving. Can you give thanks this Thanksgiving? Perhaps you, like the pilgrims, have suffered significant and precious loss of family or friends this year. Maybe it's going to be tough to actually give thanks. Perhaps overall, it has been a tough go for you and your family over the past, let's say, two years. I want you to let uh, two verses in Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews 13, we're going to look at verses 15 and 16, and I just wish that you would just let the Word of God speak to your heart and let it prime the pump so that you can naturally, or maybe we should even say supernaturally, Give thanks, even in the midst of difficult times. And that way, when you gather together with your family, you'll be all ready. You know, it uh, didn't seem like a good time to give thanks in the autumn of 1621. After having traveled 3,000 nautical miles over three long months under very crowded conditions, many of the pilgrims developed scurvy once they landed. And they uh, had to deal with the loss. The first winter, 1620, uh, they lost half of their original number. They went down from 102 passengers on their voyage to 47 residents uh, at Plymouth. Even their second governor, William Bradford, he lost his wife in a very unusual accident when she just fell overboard in the harbor and drowned. Yet even after all of this suffering and hardship, they still were grateful for the harvest of the second year, and they chose to give the Lord thanks. Part of their gratitude was for the Native Americans who had taught them how to survive in the new land by teaching them how to farm, how to hunt, how to fish. And so it's, no, it's not a surprise that they invited their Native American friends, to join them for a feast that has now been called Thanksgiving. I want us to read two verses, and then we'll get started. Therefore, by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Hey, these two verses seem to give me so much incentive as I'm facing Thanksgiving uh, in my own family to say, you know what? I believe I can find some things that I can give thanks for uh, to the Lord. So let me share those with you. When I started verse 15, the first three words stood out to me. Therefore, by him. 
You know, it is tough sometimes to get started in expressing gratitude to God. Now, we all know that God said in Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. But to be honest, sometimes it's hard to get the gate open. When I was just a young kid, I'd go riding on the tractor with my grandfather. Uh, we would, I would ride with him when he was bush hogging and when he was uh, bailing and all these different things in his pasture. But then sometimes he would go and take me when he would go into the back cotton fields. And so I always enjoyed going back there and seeing the cotton and so forth. But the thing that uh, I remember was one time he stopped his tractor and he said, Victor, would you stop? Would you jump down and would you go over there and uh, open the gate for me? And I'll drive through and then close the gate so the cattle won't get into the cotton patch. And uh, then we'll be on our way. I said, yes, sir. I'll be right back. So I jumped down there and with all good intentions, I jerked and jerked and jerked on that silly gate and it would not open. Finally, my grandfather saw what was happening, but it's just like I was trying to tear up half of the state of Tennessee's topsoil getting that gate open. My grandfather knew what to do. He stopped, turned off the tractor, he got down and he said, let me show you a trick. And he lifted up the gate. I didn't even know it would lift up, but he said, just lift it up slightly and walk beside it and it'll open right up. And man, did it ever. It was so incredible how he helped me to open the gate. And I would have never got it because it was dragging the ground. I believe this text helps us out with a good reminder where the portal to thanksgiving is found. It says, therefore, by him, by Jesus Christ. You know, his perfect atonement for our salvation is where we find a reason and we will find the resources to live a life of gratitude rather than a life of, let's say, envy, bitterness, or regret, or those kinds of things. So the first thing we see is how to open up for Thanksgiving. But I think another thing we see is are the opportunities for Thanksgiving. Do you wait? Do you save up all of your gratitude that you want to express to God until November, whenever you have Thanksgiving? You know, it's so easy to give thanks on uh, Thanksgiving Day. There we are with our family. There we are enjoying food and all these kind of things. It kind of reminds me how, uh, how it is in life. You know, it's easy to give thanks when the doctor gives you a good report on your checkup. Anybody can feel all warm inside and so grateful when they drive a new car or when they move into a new house. How about when you get a promotion? You get a raise at work. Uh, you know what? That's usually an occasion for giving thanks to God. And right now we're in the midst of the World Series. And uh, so we'll see if the Texas Rangers can pull it off tonight. But when your team wins the World Series, I'd say that most of us, we don't have any problem uh, being thankful and uh, get, you know being happy and so forth. There are so many opportunities to give thanks to the Lord in life. But what I find challenging is what this verse is telling me I need to do. It tells me, therefore, by him, let us continually, uh-oh, continually, <laughs> wait a minute. That means the gratitude to him 
Well, it really never should end. Wow, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that I'm always there. At least not yet. God's still working with me. Because if I understand what let us continually means, it means I've got to move from expressing thanksgiving to living thanks living. You know, that's a totally different thing. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Well, it's like God's calling me out there. But he tells me to give thanks not in some things, not in those real, you know, Disneyland moments, if you will. But he says, give thanks in all things. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I don't know about you, but there have been times I've really agonized praying over, is this your will, Father, or not? But one thing God says, I guarantee you this is my will for you today. He says, it is my will for you to give thanks in all things. <laughs> so I'm thinking, wow, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is such a wake-up call. Perhaps maybe if I use boxing as a metaphor, it's like a knockout punch. Ephesians 5.20 doesn't help very much either. It says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that first thing about how to open the gate again? It has a way of popping up, doesn't it? It says, the way that we can do it at all times for all things is by saying, I'm going to give thanks in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. But let's talk about offering thanksgiving. Have you ever thought about gratitude to the Lord being like, well, you're offering? Say in the Old Testament, how they used to have all those animal sacrifices and so forth. How about a sacrifice of thanksgiving? This, this verse actually says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Wow. What kind of sacrifice do you think God wants a Christian to offer? We know it's not the sacrifice of atonement, right? No, we can't atone for our own sins. No, the only thing we could offer is not a sacrifice of atonement, but a sacrifice of acknowledgement to say, God, not only did you provide for my atonement and propitiation for my sins, the, the, the cleansing of my sins, Lord, you have been good to me all year long and you've helped me when I needed help. No wonder the Lord says in Ephesians 4.29 that from a believer who's been saved by the precious blood of Christ, who has the Lord walking with him every single day. It's no wonder in Ephesians 4.29, God would say, now surely no corrupting talk will come out of your mouth, right? Like we are to have gracious words, like it talks about in Proverbs 16.24, that are sweet to the soul. We are to have fitting words that Proverbs 25, 11 says are like, they're so valuable, they're like apples of gold in settings of silver. Well, that's the way we should be. We have such an incentive. You know, what I was looking at was this whole idea when he says, offer the sacrifice of praise to God, of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. 
And I thought to myself, you know, praise God. It doesn't have to mean that he's given me anything. When I praise God, I praise him for who his character is. I just praise him for his attributes. That's what praise is. He doesn't have to give me something else in order for me to offer up to him, you know, this uh, offering of thanksgiving. He's just worthy of praise simply because of who he is. But then secondly, it does say that thanksgiving, well, it's interesting that we often equate thanksgiving with harvest time because I think that thanksgiving is like the crop that's harvested. And how do we know that God has been good to us. When we gather around the table at Thanksgiving, how is anybody in the family going to know that God has really took, taken good care of you and blessed you as you've gone through the, the past year? You know how I think they should know? They should know because we're going to let it come out of our mouths. I think that that's why it's like fruit of our lips giving thanks. You see, if the fruit doesn't come off of our lips, then it must mean everything's barren on the inside because there's no way if God has been good to us all year long, we should sit there tight-lipped and silent. No, we should say, you know what? There's a lot of things that I could give thanks to God. You know, when I was thinking about that whole idea of a sacrifice, you know what I thought about? A sacrifice is when we give something that's of value to us, to someone else. So I thought to myself, you know what's going to cost us? To humble ourselves and to express our thanks to God. You know, we have to say, you know what? I didn't do this all by myself. God helped me be able to do this. So, wow, that's an incredible thing. You know, I was looking next at the last part of that verse 15. There's one last part I want to focus on. It says, giving thanks to his name. You know, there are some these days, I'm not going to call any names, but there are some these days, even in celebrity ranks, who are fine with voicing gratitude and thanks, but their version of gratitude isn't really directed toward the Lord. They don't say, I'm thankful to the Lord for this or that. They're just happy with the way that life has turned out for them. They're not really saying thanks to God. They're just saying, I'm just generally thankful. So they're happy about things. They're glad to be living in circumstances that they're living in. But this passage says true biblical thanksgiving should be directed towards someone, someone with a capital S. That's right toward his name. What if you gave someone a gift and they addressed their thank you note to everyone in the world? I want to thank the whole world for giving me this wonderful gift. Wouldn't that seem a little like strange? Wouldn't we want to say, I want to thank you for giving this particular gift to me? Well, there's something else that may give us a little bit of motivation to get things going this Thanksgiving. I find it in the first four verses, uh, first, first four words of uh, verse 16. But do not forget. How about the oversight of Thanksgiving? Do not forget. You know what? I kind of get cold chills 
whenever I read those words, Victor, do not forget. You know what happens sometimes? We do forget. I'm afraid that much too often I resemble the nine lepers who were healed, who evidently forgot to go back to show their appreciation to the Lord for their healing. But in Luke 17, 11 through 19, Jesus says that out of 10 lepers, there was one leper who remembered. He remembered the importance of going back with gratitude. You know, may I grow in becoming more like that? One who is genuinely thankful that I don't have to be reminded. I just don't forget whenever God is good to me. How about you? I think if that's the the desire of our hearts, you know what I think will happen? I think there will be an overflow of thanksgiving. An overflow of thanksgiving that will not be, well, let's just say in words only. It'll be the overflow of thanksgiving that will be seen in gifts. It says, but do not forget to do good and to share. You know, what a person is thankful for, all that the Lord has given to them, I think that a natural overflow of that gratitude could be generosity toward other people. They just simply enjoy sharing some of what the Lord has entrusted to them. I just earlier today finished reading a newsletter for one of our missionaries that our church supports and uh, me and my wife support, but he's a missionary on a college campus. He's over at Sam Houston State University campus. His name's Christian Farr. And I just read his newsletter And I thought it was so cool that he said on their campus, they have something called Thankful Tuesday. And on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, they look for ways to tangibly, materially do something. It doesn't have to be a material thing. He was really clear. Sometimes the the best thing we can give is time or just some attention, maybe a phone call or something like that. But I love that idea of Thankful Tuesday so that we're already on the other side of Thanksgiving and we say, you know what? I'm going to share from an overflow of Thanksgiving that is in my life. Well, if we'll do all those kind of things, don't you know there's something that's going to be recognized by that in heaven? I'm going to call this last observation in verse 16, the outcome of Thanksgiving. The outcome of Thanksgiving. Let's say that we are continually offering a sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Let's say that we're not forgetting His blessings, but what we're doing is we're saying, you know what? I want to share. I want to do good. I want to. I want to share some of what the Lord has given. Look at what the last part of verse sixteen says will happen in heaven. For with such sacrifices. God is well pleased. God is well pleased. Wow, I like that. You know, I want God to think of my life as being the life of a man of gratitude, not a man who is grumpy, not somebody who went through life always complaining about things that were happening or always complaining about what he doesn't have. But instead, I want the Lord to know 
that I'm, I'm grateful for His blessings on my life. And so I really and truly want to glorify Him. I want to please Him. I want to honor Him. How can I honor God? How can you honor God? You know what I think? I think we can honor God by being thankful for what He's given to us. I think that that is something all of us can do. Even if you can't sing, even if you do not have millions of dollars, even if you can't win thousands of people to Jesus Christ, you know what you can do? You can say, Lord, you sure have been good to me. Lord, I sure am grateful to know someone as great and as good as you. Lord, I just love you because you loved me first. Wow, I I really can't get enough of this. As a matter of fact, I think that's one of the pilgrims. Regardless of all that they had been through, they still said, you know what, we can give thanks. As a matter of fact, one of their members, he was actually a leader. His name was Edward Winslow. He was writing to a friend back home in England. And so he dated his letter December the 11th, 1621. Keep in mind that out of all the people who were on the the Mayflower and came over, you know, they lost half of them. So they suffered significant losses. Uh, Their first crop in 1620, totally wiped out. Nothing survived. So many people dealing with sicknesses and so forth. All of this kind of hardship. And I want you to listen to what he says to his friend over in England, maybe at that in that time, in that place where his friend lived, maybe he was comfortable. But maybe he had never considered what they were going through over there. And after listing all of his blessings, the last sentence that Edward Winslow placed in his letter dated December the 11th, 1621, was this. And although... It be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us. Yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Isn't that staggering? I mean, I find that so amazing that a man who's standing there and You know, they're probably overlooking a cemetery. He probably is truly grateful for the harvest they have this year, but he can remember, oh yeah, but last year was horrible. Maybe they were all healthy now, but then, but he tells his friend, you know, I really wish that you could be partakers of the plenty that we have. I don't think they had plenty, to be honest, but I think there was a recognition that they had. They were rich in Christ. They were forgiven of their sins. They knew that those who had uh, passed away had gone to be with the Lord if they were born again Christians and placed their faith in Christ. And so I just find that such a rich heritage that every American that is on this soil, all of us share in that same godly heritage of the kind of people who said, let's start this country and let's start it with gratitude. Gratitude, not just in how things have turned out because things haven't always been quite so good, 
But what he said we should give thanks for is the goodness of God. Once again, Edward Winslow, December the 11th, 1621, and although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Friend, I'm so glad that you listen to these Growing in Grace podcasts. We pray over these. We always pray that God will use it. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, I could say the same thing. I often wish that you were a partaker of our plenty. I don't have a lot in terms of worldly goods, but you know what I do have? The spiritual riches of God's grace and God's goodness in my life makes me overflow with gratitude. That's what I pray will happen in your heart, in your life, as you go through this week. Why don't we pray together? Lord, thank you so much for all that we have in Christ. You've truly given us more than we deserve, way more. I thank you for how merciful you are, how faithful you are. Thank you for how holy and good, how sovereign, how wise. Lord, you're just a a great God. And so we bow with humility. We bow in reverence. We bow in heartfelt worship, saying thank you. Lord, I pray that you would bless each one that's listening to the broadcast. I pray that you would bring back to their minds Hebrews 13. Some of these verses that are in there that are so meaningful, that are so motivational, so inspirational. And so, Lord, help us to be able to open the gate of thanksgiving. Lord, I believe that there's a trick to it. And I believe that this passage helps us know how to get that gate uh, open so that we can give thanks to the Lord. And so bless my friends, give them a great day today. And I pray that they would uh, just enjoy walking with you one day at a time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, listen, friend, thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God will bless you. Have a great day. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.